everybody. This is Fantasy Isle, powered by Win Daily Sports. My name is Nabate Isles. This is the second edition of Fantasy Isle, and uh, that name rings. It has a ring to it, for sure. And uh, before I introduce this wonderful guest that I have with me, make sure to go to Win Daily Sports on Twitter, on Instagram. Check out everything, as well as the website, too, you know, for Win Daily Sports. And also, also subscribe to the YouTube channel, which this is broadcasting live on YouTube right now. So now I'm going to introduce one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live and also a pioneer being the first black quarterback to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but also one of the great overall quarterbacks of the game and and the passing numbers he put up in the 80s and 90s like still can represent to this day, he could probably throw for 6,000 yards, you know, if he was playing today, for sure. But it is my pleasure and and an honor to uh, introduce this wonderful individual by the name of Mr. Warren Moon on the second edition of Fantasy Isle. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Congratulations on the new show. Uh, you know, I was on your other podcast and had yes. a great time on that one. And now I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do on Win Daily Sports. And uh I'm just I'm just really proud of you, man. This fantasy hour is going to be great for you. Oh, no, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the first one on, on my Where They At podcast. So number one, of course, that was your number, number one, you know? Hey, That's what it is. <laughs> number, one, number one in your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, but there's there's so much to talk about, sir, and everything. And, uh, I mean, first, first of all, like, you know, first of all, like, so much now. Sweet Earth. You got to talk about Sweet Earth and also uh, Sports One Marketing, the ventures, the endeavors you got going on. Please talk about what you're going on, especially with what you got going on with Sweet Earth as well as um, Sports One Marketing. Yeah, Sweet Earth is a CBD company that uh, I've been a, a spokesperson for for about the last year. And uh, they have a, a, a array of, of different products that um, are skincare products. They also have ointments for for uh, you know, rubbing your muscles down if you have sore muscles after you work out, which is something that I really use a lot and, and uh, have really gotten great benefits from them. They also mm-hmm. have uh, dog treats. You know, if you have a dog, they have uh, oh, they have dog food treats for dogs that are really good and they really calm your dog right on out. And- <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people need that for their dogs. You, you think? They can get a little hyper at times, but uh, it, it's a it's a. Um, a company that, I, like I said, I've been involved in for a year. I really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed using the products and also telling other people about using the products because uh, I think um, CBD and, and cannabis and all that really have a lot of uses in our in our society if, if used correctly. And uh, there's no THC in it, so you're not going to get high from anything or anything like that. But there are so many other great nutrients um, in cannabis as well as um, um it's an all natural product, all organic. Uh, it's grown in some some uh, you know farms that we have down in Oregon, and some of the mm. best pro- some of the best uh, land for this type of uh, these type of products. So really excited about the, the association, and uh, it's off to a great start. You know everything kind of slowed down a little bit during COVID, but things are really starting to pick up again. Wow, no doubt. And Sports One Marketing, you know, how's that company going? You've had that for about a decade, right? You've I've had that, yeah, about 12 years now. And, um, you know, we're again, during the pandemic, things slowed down a lot. But now that the yeah. sports and everything are starting to pick back up again, um, business is starting to pick up again. So, you know, really excited there. And 
Also, uh, really um, proud of the fact that we have a, a foundation that I started, or that, that we started, excuse me, about a year ago called um, Brothers in Arms. And uh, mm. it was started by myself, Andre Ware, who was a quarterback, won the Heisman Trophy. Um, right. Houston and, Cougars. Uh, Houston Cougars. That's right. right. First round draft pick. And, and uh, also Vince Young, who uh, went to the University of Texas. Yes. Um, All-American, college football, a Hall of Famer. Mm. We, we all started this foundation because we all came from single mom homes. And wow. uh, we all have the association of that. We have the association that we all played or were from the, the city of Houston. And, uh, and we're all quarterbacks. And so we decided to, that uh, how important education is to all three of us. And uh, we're um, giving scholarships out to high school kids that, have, that are involved in sports, that come from single mom homes, and have the, the grades to go to school. So that's something we started a year ago. And uh, we gave out four scholarships last year. And we gave out another five this year. And we're just going to keep growing the foundation. And we just had a golf tournament about three weeks ago. It was very successful right. in Houston. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something, again, that I'm very, very proud of. And, and just look forward to building that. That's right. I have to say, Vince Young and Andre Weir are probably two, probably the most celebrated black quarterbacks. Uh, and Deshaun Watson as well, probably those three, right? You would say, like in right. the history of college football, you know? Definitely. Yeah. All those guys, well, you know, I think Andre was the first African American quarterback to uh, win a Heisman Trophy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we all know what Vince Young did. Um, <laughs> That's right. He played in probably one of the most. Uh, Probably one of the best college football games I ever saw in person oh. when they played against USC in the Rose. Absolutely. Top five the, of all time. When they won the national championship. And uh, he went on to the NFL. I think he was rookie of the year and uh, had a really good, solid uh, career in the NFL. So all good guys. They love giving back to their community. And that's what we all have in common. And that's one of the reasons why we all got together to, uh, to start this foundation and kind of help young kids kind of follow their dreams and, and, and become successful because people helped us along the way. And that's one of the reasons why we became successful because people lended a helping hand. Wow. That's, that's, that's outstanding. How, wow. Here with the great Warren moon pro football hall of famer here on uh wind daily sports uh, uh, show, new show called fantasy Isles, starring myself, Nabate Isles. So yes, indeed. So Warren now five quarterbacks were drafted in the top 15 of the 2001 NFL draft. You had Trevor Lawrence drafted by Jacksonville, number one. Uh, Zach Wilson drafted number two by the New York Jets. Uh, Trey Lance drafted at number three by the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. Justin Fields fell down to 11, but the Bears traded up to draft him, the Chicago Bears, and then Mac Jones going to the New England Patriots from at uh, number 15. So now, going from one to five, one being the best situation, how would you, how can you tell you know how can you list the quarterbacks based on being in the best situation for immediate fantasy success from one to five well first of all it's going to depend on when they get on the field because uh some of these guys are rookie well they're all rookies but some of them mm -hmm. are going to play right away mm -hmm. um, some of them are going to play probably day one like a trevor lawrence who would probably be a, a good fantasy pick because he is going to play a lot he is going to probably be up behind in a lot of football games because it's, it's not a great football team. And the same thing with Zach Wilson. So they're going to throw the football a lot, and they're going to probably get a lot of yards, in which you know equates to a lot of fantasy points. 
Uh, that's probably not something that they want to see happen because they're not going to be winning a lot of games, and they're both used to winning a lot of games. But mm-hmm. um, I think the other three quarterbacks are in better situations because they went to better teams, and, and because they went to better teams, they're going to have a little bit probably quicker success. But those first two guys, and that's one of the reasons you go so high in the draft is because you're going to a pretty bad football team. That's why they, they get the first or second pick is because they were pretty bad the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. So you're hoping that Jacksonville can make some some uh, additions to their team, which they have this offseason, and so have the Jets. But you just don't know how fast that's going to turn into wins. Mm, wow. So now, now which team, which quarterback do you see – will be the best quarterback at the end of the day. Like a la 83, you had Marino Elway and Jim Kelly that shined. And and 2004, you had Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Manning. You know, all those guys, you you, you don't know how to rank them kind of. Yeah. But in this in the, from this draft, which one quarterback could stand out as like, okay, this cat is going to be a Hall of Famer from how you saw them in college and how they carried themselves? You know, that's a really difficult question to start talking about Hall of Famers before they even come into the league because even <laughs> myself, I never even dreamed of being a Hall of Famer. And if you ask most players when they come into the league, they don't even think in those terms because Hall of Famers are so far out there in the atmosphere that you look at them as almost like gods, right? Yeah. The thing, the thing you want to do coming into the league is you just want to adapt to your team. You want to, you want to be uh, a guy that's a contributor and you want to make sure you don't hurt the football team in any way, and then you just want to build from there. Um, All pro, all of fame, all that stuff comes way down the road. So uh, as I look at these these five young guys coming into the league, I think Trey Lance, because of his physical ability, because of his his intelligence, and the team that he went to, the San Francisco 49ers, even though they got the third pick, it's only because they traded up to get that pick that he got a chance to go that high, but he's going to a very, very talented football team. And I think for any young quarterback to be successful, he's got to be surrounded by a pretty good supporting cast. So you're not putting all the focus and all the pressure on him to, to, to perform right away. So um, I don't know when Trey will get on the field because Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. And I don't know what that plan is, but once he does get on the field, he's going to be with a very talented group. He's going to be with a team that has a great, um, defense he's going to be with a team that's one of the top five rushing teams in the league and he has one of the best play callers in the league in Kyle Shanahan so he's got a lot of great infrastructure around him to be successful and uh, that's why I think he's gonna gonna do very well but I also think um, you know Justin Fields is going to do well because he's going to a Chicago Bears team that was in the playoffs last year but they're just a quarterback away from maybe making that next jump and he mm-hmm. can be that guy. We just don't know when he's going to get on the field. So those are the questions about these guys. How soon are they going to play? So it makes it hard to to kind of predict how good of a fantasy player they're going to be until they actually get on the field and start. Well, no doubt about that. And and I wanted to ask you now, the NFL schedule was just announced recently. And, uh, you know, which of the can't-miss games uh, for you that you're looking forward to? Well, I, I really want to see the first game, you know, Tampa Bay against the Cowboys. I, I think whenever the Cowboys play, you know, they're kind of a, you know, a team everybody loves to either love or hate. And I think everybody wants to see how Dak Prescott is going to come back from his injury. I think everybody wants to see the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just see how they play. But then there's a lot of really good, 
games in the first uh, week of the schedule. You look at Cleveland against Kansas City in Kansas City. That was a playoff uh, game last year that uh, was a very close game. Remember, Patrick Mahomes got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. The backup quarterback, uh, Chad Henney, comes in and, and kind of helps them win the game. But uh, Cleveland really played them very, very well last year. And then um, there's a lot of really good good games on the, uh, the first week of the season. And, and the NFL did a great job of, of putting together all those different matchups. So, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them on that schedule, but uh, those are two that I'd really like to see coming out the gate. Ooh, no doubt. And there's a game in week four, which I want to ask you this next question. And, you know, and, and <laughs> that that's probably going to be the, one of the most watched games of the whole season besides the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's right. With with the Tampa Bay Bucks visiting the New England Patriots, Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough, you know, and uh, and wow. Now, in daily fantasy sports, you know, embedding, we have um, an industry term called the revenge narrative. And, you know, when we always are trying to figure out if a certain player or, or what type of players play up to, you know, to stick it to their old teams, you know? So <laughs> so did you or and, – and do you believe NFL players look to really show out against certain teams? And for example, I'm sure um, TB12 will want to do that in week four when he visits, <laughs> when he visits Foxborough. Yeah, I'm sure there's a revenge factor there, and it just depends on how you left your former team. You know, if you left under good terms and it was something that you wanted to do because you wanted to move on and find a different situation, uh, you probably don't have those same feelings. But uh, the way the whole thing went down with Tom Brady and, and him wanting to get out of there and playing out his contract and you know all the all the uh, talk about who who was the one responsible for all the success was it Belichick or was it Brady? So, yeah, I think you're going to see Tom Brady come in there and want to put on a show in front of the, the home crowd. The crowd is probably going to cheer for him when he comes in there. And I'm sure Bill Belichick is going to make sure his football team is very well prepared for Tom Brady that day to try and shut him down so he's not embarrassed in his own stadium on national television. So that's one of the reasons this team has so much intrigue because those two were together for 20 years. They won six Super Bowls together. They went to 10. And uh, everybody wonders, you know, who, who was the reason why they had the most success? And then Tom goes on and wins the Super Bowl. The Patriots <laughs> had one of the worst years they've had in a long time when he leaves. So, yeah, I'm sure the Patriots want to want to get back at Tom. And I'm sure Tom wants to show that this is the reason why I left. I'm going to come in here and beat your butt in your own stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? I got to tell you, there's one person, though, that's circling that game and is eager to show out, too. I think Cam Newton could come out and do some things in that game. You know what I mean? Like, people forget about him, you know? <laughs> well, I hope so, you know, because Cam um, had an up-and-down season last year. You know, he had yep. a lot going on with, with the COVID situation. Yeah. And, you know, he it affected his health. Um he also came in late, didn't get a chance to have a you know complete offseason and learn the offense. So uh, it was a tough year for him. So hopefully he bounces back this year and shows what he's actually capable of doing. Otherwise, you know, there's Mac Jones sitting there waiting to, to maybe take the reins if, Tom, if, if Cam doesn't play well in those first uh, three or four weeks. So we'll, we'll have to see how that all plays out. No doubt. Wow, here with the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mr. Warren Moon, on the second edition of Fantasy Isle. My name is Nabate Isles, and this show is powered by Win Daily Sports. Make sure to go to windailysports.com. And also, this is live on YouTube. Subscribe to the Win Daily Sports channel on YouTube as well. So now, Warren, um, 
you know, it's interesting too, like with these quarterbacks, there's so many passing yards being, you know, like being put out there. It's like 4,000 yards is just the norm right now, pretty much uh, and everything. Um, but, but which quarterbacks in 2021 do you see really taking that next step? Any sleepers or, um, you know, like, uh, do you see Josh, someone like a Josh Allen or someone like a Justin Herber uh, being even better than they were last year? Well, I think both of those guys are, are trending in the right direction. Josh uh, Allen has only gotten better every year since he's been in the league, and that's scary because he's pretty good right now. And if he, <laughs> and if he gets any better, uh, he's going to be really scary to deal with, a guy that size and with that type of arm and that type of athleticism. Mm. Um, the same thing with Justin Herbert. I think you know this is a kid who got the starting nod like 15 minutes before his first start because he finds out that Tyrod Taylor – uh, had a had a punctured lung and, and can't start the football game, and so they 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 tell him, "Hey, you're in there," and yeah. with no with no preparation, he goes in there and plays well, and, and we saw what he did the rest of the season, becoming the offensive rookie of the year in the AFC. So he's only going to get better, especially as they uh, they're going to protect him better because they they put a lot into their offensive line this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has really good weapons around him. I think their defense will be better this year, so they'll get more opportunities with the football. So, yeah, I think him and Josh Allen are two guys that really have a chance to improve. And, and they're going to put a lot of pressure. Uh, well, jo- I mean, uh, uh, Herbert will put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes in that AFC West as far mm-hmm. as winning that division because they did beat um, the Chiefs once last year. And they are a team that uh, has played well against the Chiefs over the last three years. So they know how to beat the Chiefs. Wow, that's right. And that was the Justin Herbert's first game um at home at SoFi Stadium against the Chiefs. That's when he had when he really looked really well, really good uh, in yeah. that game and beyond. So um, but now now Warren, there are two quarterbacks that actually were QB one status type of guys, you know, and uh, they've, they've been up and down for the past couple of years. And, and you can say maybe because of personnel around them, but these two have a lot of pressure going into the season and their names are Matt Stafford with the Los Angeles Rams now and Carson Wentz, who's now yeah. with the Indianapolis Colts. So can those two have fantasy relevance uh, coming back and being in better situation? Well, quote unquote, better situations. I think so. Um, you know, Matt Stafford, even though he didn't play for a very good team, because, again, they were behind in a lot of games, he threw for a lot of yards. And he was a, a great fantasy pick because, mm-hmm. because he, he got the yards and the touchdowns that you need to be good in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he throws for those types of yards with the Rams, I'm not sure, because they're going to be a little bit more balanced. But um, if you look at um, uh, the quarterback they had before, he – you know, he threw for a lot of yards. Yeah, Jerry Goff. Yeah, Jerry Goff mm-hmm. with, with uh, Sean McVay. So I think Sean McVay is going to put um, Matt Stafford in a situation to have a really, really successful season because he, he'll be able to do a lot of the things that, that Sean McVay wants to do offensively that Jared wasn't able to do as far as getting outside the pocket, doing a lot more movement types of things uh, to, to, to go along with their good running game with Akers. So, um, I think Matt Stafford is, is due to have a good year. If he stays healthy, that's the big question up mark on him his whole career is he's had you know different injuries along the way. Uh, and then Carson Wentz, uh, he is, I think, out of a toxic situation for him in Philadelphia. <laughs> I think it just got to the point there where he wasn't going to be able to perform just because of the pressure that that city puts on you. 
um, from a quarterback standpoint. Um, and I think uh, he just didn't have a lot of talent around him while he was there. It seemed like everybody got hurt the last two years. And as a quarterback, you can't do it all by yourself. It's a very dependent uh, uh, position to play. you got to be around guys that can help you be successful. So I think he will have that in Indianapolis. They have a really good running game. Uh, they, they've got some really nice receivers and tight ends. They have an offense that uh, is going to be conducive to what he can do best. And their head coach, Frank Reich, was his offensive coordinator in Philadelphia when he had the most success when That's he was right. there. So I think all those things combined, again, it's a better situation for Carson to have success. Now it's just up to him to go out there and get it done. Wow. And uh, any quarterbacks, any sleepers we can look out for for the 2021 season? Wow, sleepers. Uh, um, I don't – I mean – the league is in really good shape right now. I really think that Jameis Winston is going to have a good season. I really mm. think the, I think the year that he spent under Drew Brees and with Sean Payton, I think uh, really it benefited him. And I think he'll understand, you know, more about protecting the football, not taking as many chances, uh, because he's a very productive quarterback. If you look at what he had done up up in his up until uh, the year he came to New Orleans. He was very productive. He did throw a lot of interceptions, but he did throw a lot of touchdowns. And yeah, five K. So if you <laughs> cut down on those turnovers, you become a very good quarterback if you're still as productive as you were. And I, I think he's got a chance to really turn things around and keep that uh, New Orleans Saints ship on the same path that it was with Drew Brees. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And and they have um, you know, those receivers too. I mean, Marquez Callaway, that was a great draft pick right there, you know, and 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 then Traquan Smith, of course, and and uh and and then of course Michael Thomas, and then you got Kamara in the backfield. I mean, great, <laughs> great, great. That team is loaded, no question about it. They just need the same guy to come in and and keep things going on the on the uh, passing side of it. And just make good decisions. And that's something Drew Brees always did. And that, that's one of the reasons why they were always in contention. And if Jameis can do, excuse me, kind of the same thing, just make good decisions, he definitely has the physical abilities to, to be a, a very productive quarterback, especially in fantasy. No question. And, and sir, now, um, you know, uh, you're very good friends with Deshaun Watson. He's a Houston great ally, how you were a Houston great ally yourself. Um, what is your take on this offseason that he's been, uh, you know, that's that's been in his life this past offseason? And also, too, um, do you see him playing another down with the Texans? Yeah, I'm, it's been a very difficult offseason for Deshaun. And, and there's no question about it. The allegations that have been uh, – levied against him are very serious and have to be taken serious, especially when you talk about women. But um, I know Deshaun is a person and I really uh, had the utmost respect for him. And hopefully this whole thing plays out through the legal system, which, which is the way it's supposed to. It's, it's, un, it's unfortunate that a lot of it's being played out in the media and, and there's a lot of talk back and forth about, you know, you know different stories and things that have happened. But uh, I have uh, complete confidence that the legal system is going to play this thing out and, We'll find out whether, you know, Deshaun was either guilty of these things or, or not guilty of these things. And and uh, I'm hoping he, he wasn't because, uh, first of all, that means that, that he's innocent and he can go on with his life and his career. And then secondly, nobody was really hurt in the situation uh, by any of this if, if he's not guilty. So I'm hoping that's the way it comes out, because if he is guilty, that means, you know, there were people that were hurt by this as well. And that's something that you don't want to see either. Um, and, uh, I just, I don't know what's going to happen with him in Houston though. 
I know he's came out very emphatically and said he did not want to play for the Texans anymore. And then all these allegations came out and it's yeah. kind of changed, changed the climate a little bit. But um, I hear that Houston is starting to actively look at maybe some trade opportunities for him, but we'll just have to wait and see because he might not even play football this year, depending on what the commissioner decides to do because of the code of conduct, code of conduct uh, rules that are going on in the NFL. So we'll just have to wait and see. I think in the next probably – two months, we'll know exactly what's going to happen with Deshaun. If this thing is going to go all the way to court, if there's going to be a settlement or, or, uh, or what's going to happen. Wow. Yeah. I hope, I hope it, like it's you said, I hope. touchy situation, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. hard. I don't, um, you know, I don't envy him at all. And uh, like I said, I, if, if anything happened to any of these women that, that uh, has been alleged, you know, I feel for them as well. Mm, no, no doubt about that. And, uh, and, and wow. And, and now Warren, um, now another quarterback who is, uh, you know, in a situation where he doesn't want to be a part of his team anymore. And this quarterback's heading to Canton to join you one day and get, receive his yellow jacket by the name of Aaron Rodgers. So, um, Hey, I mean, <laughs> what is your take on this situation? And also too, like Aaron Rodgers, like, will he come back to green Bay? And if not, which team would, you know, which team can he conceivably be traded to at this point of the offseason? Yeah, this is one of those stories you just hate to hear about, uh, especially with a, a storied organization like uh, the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, Aaron seems to be unhappy, and um, he's had that that uh, feeling voiced out by different people. Nobody's heard Aaron say any of this, but it's all been talked about by agents, by former teammates, by friends. Reports, I, reports. <laughs> yeah, I just wish Aaron would come out and say what's on his mind one way or the other. I think that would clear a lot of things up. Uh, it's unfortunate that all this even became public because these are things that you want to try and, and get taken care of behind closed doors with the organization so it doesn't become a distraction to the rest of your football team because when they come in for OTAs or whatever, that's all they're going to be asked about is, is Aaron. Oh, you know, where is Aaron? What's going on with Aaron? Not about – or we were just NFC champions, and what, are we, what is it going to take for us to get to the Super Bowl? Those should be the questions this team is going to have to answer, but it's not going to be that way. So uh, hopefully this this all can get resolved, that, that, that Aaron can sit down with their management and they can talk out what the problems are and get them resolved so they can move on. Because I just don't see the Packers trading him. First of all, they'll take too big of salary cap hits. Second of all, what, who are you going to get in return to run your football team? Jordan Love's not ready to play yet. Um, Blake Bortles isn't going to be the guy to take you to the NFC Championship. So why would you trade a guy like that? And then even for Aaron, where is he going to go to where there's a team as good as as uh, what he's getting ready to leave? Uh, they went to the <laughs> NFC Championship game the last two years. You got to think about those things too if you really think about winning. So I just don't see him going anywhere. But but I hope that they can get things worked out as far as talking and, and airing out whatever grievances both sides have, and then they can get on the same page and move forward. 
Well, now, Warren, do you think, um, like, that gripe, he has a, a legit gripe from the standpoint of, like, them not really talking with him about moves? You know, he's earned that as, like, a two-time every... I mean, he won his third MVP this past year, but, I mean, before they drafted Jordan Love, he was a two-time MVP and, and the greatest quarterback, arguably, in that franchise when you have quarterbacks like Brett Favre and Bart Starr before him. Like, do you think, like, he has a legit gripe about, you know, do you think he should have been consulted more on, on moves? especially when the offense needed more of a jolt, especially the passing game outside of Devontae Adams. Well, they were one of the leading scoring teams in the league, and uh, Aaron threw 48 touchdowns, and they weren't all to Devontae Adams. So they, they had some players on their football team. Now, could it could he have been notified that they were going to draft a quarterback in the first round? Yeah, probably. But I don't think they have to consult with him whether they draft a quarterback or not. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's just the way teams operate. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has to remember he was at Jordan Love once upon a time. <laughs> yep. Yes. Star was there, and they drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round, too. And uh, you didn't hear much from Brett Favre about it either until he decided he might want to retire and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it was because of, of Aaron Rodgers. But that's just the way the Green Bay Packers have always operated. And they've always drafted a lot of quarterbacks. They feel like having quarterbacks give you uh, – they give you a lot of trade bait. Uh, you you got to remember, like, Matt Hasselbeck was drafted there, and, and they ended up trading him to Seattle and got high-round draft picks for him you know, and, and on and on and on. So they always believed in drafting quarterbacks and keeping quarterbacks in development, and they did it again with with Jordan Love. But you got to look at Aaron's numbers over the last three years up until this past season. They were kind of on the decline, too. So they're looking at that. They're looking at his age. So they're looking at a lot of different things when they start thinking about the future. Um, and I don't think they were one wide receiver away from winning, from going to the Super Bowl last year. I don't think that was the reason. Um, they had plenty of opportunities to win that game in the NFC, and I don't think it had anything to do with, yeah. with not having a receiver. If anything, you, you got to be able to stop people on defense. That's right. The, the secondary had a bad game. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you, and you can't get down the red zone three times and not, and not score. So there's, there's reasons why, um, but – like I said, he could have been notified beforehand just so it wasn't a shock to him that we're going to draft a quarterback, and here's the reason why. Because somewhere down the road, you're not going to be the same player, and, and we'll get this guy ready to play. But that wasn't told to him. And I'm still trying to figure out why this wasn't talked about when he was drafted a year ago. Why does it come out now? Why does it come out after he wins the MVP award as opposed to last year when it actually happened? Mm, that's right. Actually, you know, there was talk before the season started. I think with him playing so well, you know, kind of like he thought that, okay, well, everything. Yeah, well, maybe it was a chip on his shoulder and a motivator, but that's a good thing. Uh, it just made mm-hmm. him play better. And uh, mm-hmm. there's no way Green Bay is going to replace him if he's playing the way he's playing right now. You know, yeah. he'll continue to be the quarterback there as long as he's playing at a high level. But when he's not, they they we'll have a guy ready to step in and keep keep the train going because they've had great quarterbacks there, like you talked about, Bart Starr, uh, Brett Favre, and, and other guys for a lot of years. And, and one of the reasons why they do that is because they have guys ready to step in when the next when that guy is ready to move on. Yeah, but I found it weird that Matt Flynn is kind of unheard of. That's a long yeah. time. 
Ooh, it's it's crazy. And and Matt Lafleur though, I I know I I got a bone to pick to, with him because fourth down, you got to give it to to Rogers. You know, in the red zone, like it's like, come on now. Well, <laughs> the third down, Rogers has to run the ball in the end zone and not try and throw it when he had a clear path to run it in. So mm. we we can go back and forth mm. about uh, you know how things kind of played out, but the bottom line is. All that's water under the bridge. There's nothing you can do about that. Jordan Love is there. They lost the NFC Championship game. What are we going to do to make ourselves better this year so we can uh, you know, get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl? That's what they should be talking about right now, not whether Aaron Rodgers wants to leave or not. Well, no, that's real. That's real. And Warren, before you go, I thank you so much for joining me on the second edition of Fantasy I.O. Powered by Wind Daily Sports. <laughs> yes, sir. And and before you go, like now, our founder, our founder Jason, who who brought me on to the family, shout out to Jason, uh, is really good friends with David Meltzer, your partner at, at uh, Sports One Marketing. So David always, you know, tells our listeners great stories about you, you know, loves you to death. Now, you know, any, any great story that the listeners need to know about David, you know? <laughs> uh, there's no stories I can tell about him that uh, can be can be said on the air. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> we know that there are women and children that watch this show, and, and uh, we, we don't want to uh, upset anybody. But, but no, David, you know, David is a, is a good guy. He's, um, you know, he's a guy that really cares about his family, and uh, he... Um, was an aspiring football player at one time, believe it or not. He was he played at, uh, at a small college in Los Angeles. And, and so, you know, being around athletes and all that is something that's always been, been um, a love of his because, you know, he was an athlete at one time and, and we all can't do it forever, but he got a chance to do it for a while and, and had a great time doing it. And now, now a lot of his business has to do with uh, motivating people to, to bring out the best in what they do. So that's what he's doing now with his life. Wow, that's killing. That's all, uh, unreal and, and definitely it's good. And he has a sensibility being an athlete, you know, so right. he can relate to, relate that's, to, that's to, that's to. Competition. Yes, indeed. Wow. Now I'm, I'm going to give, give up your uh, social media stuff and everything for the people to check you out and everything. You have great engaging content in your social media uh, platform. So now Warren Moon is uh, Warren Moon One, the number one on Instagram at Warren Moon One at, on Instagram. And then also at W Moon One, the number one on Twitter as well. So um, now Warren, and before you go, any any anything you got coming up? Any events coming up now that thing you know restrictions, especially at, with the announcement of the CDC, you know as well uh, and everything. Well, which we I, just had a golf tournament, uh, like I said, two weeks. That's ago, right. That's right. It, and we did it outside. So, well, I mean, the the, the tournament obviously was outside, but we had our, our, our big dinner and everything was outside. So. Uh, it was wasn't bothered as much by the uh, the uh, distance restrictions and things like that. So that took you know a lot of time to put that all together. So now that that's over, we can start planning and seeing what our next thing is. Now that things are starting to be lifted a little bit as far as uh, the restrictions on on being able to go indoors and, and, and maybe give a big event. So that, that's what we're looking forward to right now. 
Well, excellent. Well, Sir Warren Moon, always a pleasure and a privilege to to talk with you. And uh, well, you you as I have always been an inspiration. I mean, you were like my favorite athlete coming up. You know, I was a Houston Oilers fan, run and shoot. You know, the the Astrodome. You know what I mean? Like the House of Pain. That's what you know. That's that. Yeah, that, that definitely because of you. From fun days, we used to rock that dome, man. You know, it yeah. used to, we had, used to have it rocking, but. Uh, I, I still, you know, visit Houston a lot because that's that's uh, the home of my all my kids. My grown kids live there, and my grandkids. I have seven grandkids now, and, wow. and, and one and <laughs> So uh, I'm down. I'm down in Houston a lot. I'm actually going down there next weekend. And my little young grandson is graduating from uh, preschool. So I'm gonna oh, be okay. I, th- I thought you were about to say college or something. And my other grandson is his birthday, so I'm going down. There's always a birthday or something going on when you have that many. But yes. I spent a lot of time in Houston uh, because of that, and um, uh, that's one of the things I'm enjoying in my life right now is being able to spend more time with family. Yes, and teaching them how to cook too. You know, the well, cooking, you know right? You know you <laughs> Those know chocolate it. chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> hey, you heard about them, huh? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> you got to send me a box of them. Yeah. <laughs> They are pretty damn good, if I say so myself. Well, well, thank you, Sir Warren Moon, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and appreciate you for being on uh, Fantasy Isle. Thanks for having me on, my brother. You take care, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you all for watching Win Daily Sports Fantasy Hour with me, Nabate House. Check me out on at NSI.Universal on Instagram, N-A-B-A-T-E-I-S-L-E-S-S-M-T-A on Twitter. And also, too, my own podcast. You can check it out, too. My other podcast called Where They At on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. So, wow. <laughs> thank you all. Thank you all for watching. Take care. Have a blessed Bless evening and check out windailysports.com as well. Take care, everyone. Bye.